Chapter 31 Revis saw Press freeze by the door. Danny continued to lean over Pam, breathing heavily through his open mouth. Hey, sit up, Danny ordered Pam. He turned back to Press. I didn't hit her that hard. You did too, Reva insisted. She couldn't get the loud snap out of her mind. Again, she saw Danny's backhanded slap, saw the chair nearly tilt over backward, saw Pam's head fly back. Sit up, Danny repeated angrily. Pam groaned. Slowly, she raised her head. Reva breathed out a loud sigh of relief. Pam, you're okay? Pam nodded groggily. She had a bright red circle on her cheek, the spot where the slap had landed. I knew I didn't hit her that hard, Danny told Press, beads of perspiration glistening on his wide forehead. I just knocked her breath out. Press started to reply, but Diane burst back into the room. What's going on in here, she demanded, eyeing Reva and Pam. Not much, Press replied quickly. Pretty quiet, Danny said. How'd it go? Did you reach Dalby? Press asked. The smile on Diane's face indicated that she had. She threw her arms around Press and gave him a jubilant hug. We're going to be rich, honey, they kissed. Did you tell him to drop off? Danny demanded excitedly. When he's getting us the money? Diane turned away from Press. Her smile faded. Not in front of them, she said, gesturing at the two girls. Come on, let's talk outside. They turned off the single bulb, leaving Reva and Pam in darkness. Then Press and Danny followed Diane out into the hall. The storage room door closed behind them. Reva heard them walk a short way down the hall. I'm sorry, Reva, Pam said in a tiny voice. She was still groggy, Reva realized. I'm really sorry, Pam repeated. I'm sorry, too, Reva replied sincerely. I was so stupid, Pam said, tears rolling down her cheeks. How could I have believed them? How could I have trusted them? You were angry, Reva said softly, and desperate. They might have killed you. Now what? Pam whispered. Reva swallowed hard. Her throat felt dry as cotton. I don't know. She groaned in pain. My arm is completely numb, but it still hurts every time I move. We have to get out of here, Pam muttered, gazing toward the closed door. Huh? Reva stared through the darkness at her. They're crazy, Pam said. Danny especially. They say they're just going to leave us here. They say they're not going to harm us. But you think? Reva started. You heard Danny, Pam continued, her voice trembling. He wants to kill us. We've seen them. We know their names. Danny doesn't want any witnesses. I can hear him out in the hall, Reva said, feeling a tremor of fear. He's arguing with them, Pam said, listening to. Probably trying to convince Press and Diane to, to kill us. Maybe he won't win the argument, Reva said. Maybe he will, Pam replied grimly. Reva, we have to get out of here. Reva let out a hopeless sigh. Get out of here? How? Do you know any magic words? I'm not tied very tightly, Pam revealed. I think Press went easy on me because I was cooperating with them. Or maybe he just messed up. Her shoulders rolled up and down as she began to work her hands behind the chair. The cord's very loose, she said, trying to tug herself free. You really think you can untie it? Reva asked. Pam nodded. I think so. But even if we get untied, then what? Reva demanded panic slipping into her voice. I guess we make a run for it, Pam said. Maybe we can surprise them. You know, catch them off guard. Run right past them, Reva asked, staring at the closed door. It's worth a try, Pam muttered darkly. I guess, Reva replied. There's got to be a security guard on this floor. Maybe if we can find him before... Pam interrupted with a frustrated cry. 
This is taking longer than I thought. She continued to struggle, leaning forward, then leaning back, her shoulders moving as her hands worked behind her. Hurry, Reva urged. She could hear Danny and the others still arguing out in the hall. Almost got it, Pam said, breathing hard. This is the fifth floor. I know this floor pretty well, Reva told her. We must be right behind Santa's world. There are a lot of tall shelves of toys, lots of places to hide. Yes, Pam whispered triumphantly. She swung her hands in front of her and tossed away the loosened cord. Then she began working furiously at the cord around her waist, the cord that held her to the chair. A few seconds later, she tossed that cord aside too. Climbing to her feet, she stretched her arms over her head. Oh, I'm so stiff. Hurry, untie me, Reva urged. It got very quiet out in the hall. They'll be back any second. Hope you can run, Pam whispered, her hands tugging frantically at a knot on the cord that held Reva's hands. I mean, I hope the pain isn't too bad. From your arm? I can run, Reva assured her, eyes on the storage room door. Working frantically in the dark, Pam tugged away Reva's cords. Reva climbed quickly to her feet. She cried out from a stab of pain in her arm, then quickly covered her mouth to stifle the sound. The two girls stood awkwardly in the center of the room. Now what? Reva whispered. Pam's swollen cheek blazed. Her eyes widened in fear. I, I don't know. I guess we should hide against the wall beside the door. When they come in, maybe they'll walk right past us, and we can make a run for it. Good, Reva cried, her heart thudding in her chest. Each heartbeat seemed to send a throbbing wave of pain up from her broken arm. The arm hung lifelessly at her left side. She bit down hard on her lower lip, trying to force away the pain. Both girls started toward the wall, but stopped short when the door was opened. I'll take care of them, they heard Press say. We're caught, Reva realized, frozen in helpless horror. Chapter 32 The door was standing halfway open, a pale triangle of light slanted into the room. Reva stared open-mouthed, standing awkwardly, swallowing hard. Pam stood just ahead of her, also frozen in fear. I said I'll take care of them, Press called irritably to his two partners. Take care of them. What did that mean? Reva wondered. She heard Diane's voice out in the hall. She was asking Press something. Okay, he muttered. The door was pushed shut. He didn't come in. Reva gaped at Pam. Giddy laughter escaped her throat. We're safe. For now, Pam said, sobering quickly. Reva crept along the wall stopping just short of the doorway. Pam followed right behind. As soon as the door opens again, we run out, Reva whispered, cringing in pain. She had leaned against the wall with her broken arm, and the pain roared out like a raging fire. Pam nodded solemnly, listening to the conversation between the three kidnappers on the other side of the wall. Which way do we run? Right, Reva whispered, toward Santa's world, and scream as loud as you can. Maybe you can wake up the guard. Pam touched the swollen welt on her cheek. Shh, they're coming. She took a deep breath. The walls seemed to shimmer and shake for Reva. The whole room grew brighter, glowing until she had to shut her eyes. The floor tilted first one way, then the other. Don't freak, Reva, she scolded herself. You'll never get away if you totally lose it. She heard footsteps in the hall. The door started to open. This is it, she thought. Press entered the room. He took several steps, staring straight ahead at the two empty folding chairs. Reva had time to see his mouth drop open in shock. She heard his astonished gasp. Then she and Pam took off, out the door, into the narrow passageway. Hey! Danny's startled cry echoed in the hallway. 
He and Diane were against the wall several yards away. They seemed to freeze, startled by the unexpected sight of the two girls fleeing. Reva's sneakers squeaked over the hard linoleum floor. Her broken arm flopped painfully against her side. She kept her good arm stretched out in front of her, as if poised to stiff-arm tacklers. Help! she screamed. Help! Pain cut through her body as she ran, turned right, hurtled herself past dark, empty storage rooms. She could hear Pam right behind her. Hey, stop! Danny's angry shout. She turned her head without slowing her pace. Danny and Diane were close behind, press a few yards behind them. Ow! she cried out as she collided with a large metal trash basket. Oh! She spun off it. The trash can rolled noisily back into her pursuers. Reva lurched onto the selling floor. So bright. Christmas decorations sparkling in the nightlight. Golden silver tinsel everywhere, shimmering Christmas balls. Like a fairyland, she thought. Only this is no fairy tale. Help! Help us, please! They're going to catch us! Pam shrieked breathlessly. Split up! Reva cried. Split up! Go! She saw Pam turn, stumble, quickly regain her balance, and push herself off a display case of children's boots. Reva kept going, running straight, gasping noisily for breath, her chest about to explode. She turned, then turned again. She ducked low, turning and twisting through the maze of display counters and aisles. She couldn't see her pursuers. Had she lost them? Into Santa's world, all red and green, silver and gold, past the enormous wooden sleigh, past the reindeer staring glassy-eyed at her as she ran, past the elves lined up as if waiting for Santa to ascend his gold throne. Help! Please, help! Reva tried to scream, but her voice came out a hushed whisper. Where was the stupid security guard? Maybe there wasn't one on this floor. Maybe that's why the kidnappers chose this floor. I can't run much farther, Reva realized. She reached a wall, a dead end. With a gasp, she took a step back. Then another. Which way? Which way? A hand touched her back. No! She spun around. Santa Claus grinned at her. She had backed into a Santa mannequin. Just like in my dream, she thought, gasping for breath. She started to run again, around a display of children's sweaters, into the toy department. Where did she go? Danny's voice in a distant aisle sounded confused as he chased after Pam. Maybe Pam is getting away, Reva thought. She bumped an enormous life-sized Ninja Turtle stuffed animal that guarded an aisle in silent menace. Its head bounced angrily. She glanced back and saw press behind her, his dark eyes burning furiously into her back. Diane and Danny must have gone after Pam, Reva thought. Got to lose press. But how? You can't get away, Reva. There's nowhere to run. He sounded as breathless as she did. She saw that he was holding his side. He must have had a pain in it from running. With a powerful heave of her one good arm, Reva shoved the big stuffed animal into his path. She heard Press cry out and stumble. Then she made a sharp left staying low behind a tall display of Lego blocks, ducked behind a long glass display case of slot cars, and flung herself out into the aisle beyond the toy department. Help me! Won't someone help me? She was hurtling down a long, twisting aisle of budget clothes. I, I can't breathe, she thought. I can't take another step. I... She could hear press somewhere behind her. She knew she couldn't give up. With a desperate burst of speed, she turned a corner and ran headlong into someone. Oh! No, not someone. A mannequin. Another mannequin. Not Santa this time. A wide-eyed woman with bright red hair, dressed in red and blue ski clothes. Reva cried out as pain shot up her shoulder. 
the mannequin toppled backward into another mannequin, which fell onto another. A whole row of mannequins, Reva saw, all toppling over backward, like bodies, she thought, her chest heaving, her temples throbbing, like human bodies, falling dead, all in a row. She gaped in breathless horror as the bodies clattered to the floor, landing in a stiff heap of arms and legs, their solid, lifeless eyes staring up at the ceiling lights. And then, before she could start running again, a hand grabbed Reva's shoulder and held on. Chapter 33 Reva spun around. Pam! Pam clung to Reva. She was panting, her chest heaving up and down. Her wet blonde hair clung to her forehead. Her green eyes were wide with fear. I, I got away from them, she choked out breathlessly. Where is the guard? There isn't one, Reva replied, her eyes on the aisle behind Pam. We shouldn't stay here. We have to get downstairs. Come on. They began creeping side by side, cutting from aisle to aisle, staying low, alert for their pursuers. Through a dimly lit shoe department, past a display of running suits and sportswear. The store seems so much bigger when it's empty, Reva realized. I feel as if I've been going for miles, nearly to the back of the store now. She and Pam glanced at each other as the cries rang out. This way, over here, Reva recognized Press's angry voice. Diane, they're over here. They see us, Pam cried. Reva began to run. Keep going, she said, her side aching, her arm throbbing. The back wall came into view. Is this another dead end? Reva wondered. No. The two employee elevators stood just beyond a narrow aisle. Reva ran to the wall, gasping for breath. She pushed the button. Were the elevators running? Could she and Pam get on them? Could they get away before... before... No! Reva cried. She suddenly remembered something. Pam, this way. Huh? Pam reacted with surprise, her face red and puffy. The elevator on the left hummed to life. Pam stared up at the floor indicator above it as the arrows slowly began to move up from the first floor. It's coming, Pam whispered. We have to take it. But Reva pulled Pam away. They ducked behind a wide round pillar, pressing their backs against the cool concrete. The employee elevators, they're broken again, Reva told Pam, struggling to catch her breath. I remember. My dad told me they can't figure out why they keep breaking. But they're coming, Pam whispered, grasping Reva's arm again. Maybe we'll get lucky, Reva whispered back, listening to the approaching footsteps. Maybe Press and Diane will think we went down. Maybe they'll try to go after us. You know, jump inside and fall to the basement? Pam's face revealed her doubt. Reva, that's impossible. We can't... Shh! Reva clamped her hand over Pam's mouth. Here they come. Be quiet and pray. Pressed against the pillar, the two girls watched as Press and Diane ran up to the elevators, turning their heads to search the aisle. The elevator door on the left slid open. This way, Press cried, gesturing to the elevator. They went down. Let's go. Reva held her breath and stared hard, afraid to move, afraid to blink. Both Press and Diane leapt into the dark elevator at the same time and dropped to their deaths. Chapter 34 A low murmur escaped Reva's lips. She stared into the darkness of the open elevator, afraid to move. Were they gone? Were they really gone? Had they fallen to their deaths, splattered against the basement floor? She listened. Silence. A heavy silence. Then Reva gasped as Press and Diane stepped back out into the aisle. They didn't fall. I imagined it, she realized. I wished it. The employee elevators must have been fixed. Let's not panic and act stupid, Diane scolded Press. The girls didn't have time to take the elevator down. 
We were right behind them. Press pushed his black hair off his forehead with an angry toss of his head. Then, where are they? he asked, his face bright, his dark eyes starting nervously in all directions. Still on this floor? Yeah, she replied. Hey, where do you guys go? Danny called from several aisles away. Over here, Danny, Press called back. Keep looking. They're here somewhere. Spread out, Diane urged, hurrying back toward the toy department. Reva kept her eyes locked on Press. He lingered for a few seconds, his eyes searching the aisle along the back wall. The elevator door slid shut behind him. He glanced up at the floor indicator as the arrow moved back toward the first floor. Then, cursing under his breath, an angry scowl on his face, he trotted off after Diane. Reva and Pam stepped away from their hiding place. It didn't work, Pam whispered glumly. Reva chewed her bottom lip. Who told those idiots to fix the elevator? Couldn't they leave it broken? She fumed. Now what? Pam asked, her voice trembling. She raised her head and gently touched the purple welt on her cheek. I, I don't know, Reva stammered, frozen in fright. They went back to the toy department, Pam said, turning her glance down the long center aisle. So maybe we do have time to take the elevator down. She stepped forward and pressed the button. Maybe, Reva replied tensely. She raised her eyes to the floor indicator above the two elevators. It went all the way back to one. Pam jammed her finger on the button again and again. That won't make it come any faster, Reva whispered. She turned back toward the toy department. Shh, I hear them. Oh no, I think they're coming back. Pam frantically pushed the black elevator button. Hurry, hurry, oh please hurry. They both watched the arrow above the elevators move slowly up. Two, three. It's Press and Diane, Pam cried. They're going to catch us. Four, five. The elevator door on the left started to slide open. Reva glanced behind them. Press and Diane were running down the center aisle toward them. Hurry, Reva cried, pushing Pam toward the opening elevator door. Pam stumbled forward, then stopped. Oh, Reva cried out as a man in the elevator stepped toward them, blocking the door, blocking their escape. She recognized him at once. She recognized the blue sunglasses, the black trench coat, the man who had followed her at the mall. He raised his black-gloved hand and pointed a small dark pistol at Reva. Chapter 35 His eyes hidden behind the cold blue glasses, his face set in a hard frown, the man moved quickly out of the elevator. Pam shrank back. A confused cry escaped her lips. When she saw the gun in the man's hand, her mouth dropped open in alarm. Reva sighed loudly and prepared to surrender. He's working with Press, Diane, and Danny, she realized. That's why he was following me Saturday afternoon. But to her surprise, the man pushed past her. He raised the pistol and called to Press and Diane, who stood frozen in the aisle, several yards away, startled expressions on their faces. Stop right there! FBI! the man called. Reva and Pam cast dumbfounded looks at each other. The FBI? Reva thought. He's not working with the kidnappers? He's an FBI agent? How did he know where to find us? Get down, girls, the FBI agent ordered, waving them down with his free hand. Then he took off after Press and Diane. The two kidnappers turned and ran, disappearing into the toy department. Reva heard a loud crash. Someone had collided with one of the displays. Stop right there, she heard the agent shout to them. You can't get out. I have backup downstairs. He disappeared around a corner. Reva heard more footsteps, angry shouts. I, I can't believe it, Pam exclaimed with a shudder of relief. We're, we're going to be okay. But how did he know we were up here, Reva demanded. 
It doesn't matter, Pam said, throwing her arms around her cousin's shoulders. We're okay. We're okay now. She pressed her hot face against Reva's cheek. I'm so sorry, Reva. Really. I'm so sorry, she said, sobbing. Pam, please, my arm, Reva cried, recoiling from the pain. Oh, sorry. Pam took a step back, wiping her eyes with her fingers. I'm just so happy it's over and we're okay. What's over? A stern voice demanded. Reva and Pam both spun around to see Danny standing in the aisle. His eyes burned angrily from one of them to the other. He was breathing hard, his stomach heaving up and down. His black hair was wet and matted to his forehead. He raised the silver pistol. You're coming with me, he said through clenched teeth. He jammed his finger hard on the elevator button and held it, keeping the pistol poised on Reva and Pam. Don't try anything, Danny warned. I'll use this gun. I really will. Please, Pam started. Shut up, he shouted, his features tight with fury. This wasn't my idea, you know. I just wanted a little extra spending money, that's all. Please, Pam repeated her plea. That's all I wanted. A little extra for Christmas, Danny growled. You're not going to ruin it. Just shut up and move. You're coming with me. Chapter 36 Let's go, Danny ordered. He gave Reva a hard shove toward the elevator. Reva cried out from the paralyzing pain that bolted up from her broken arm. The elevator door on the right slid open. Still convulsed in pain, Reva turned in time to see Pam make a grab for the pistol. Hey, Danny cried out angrily, jerking the gun from Pam's grasp. With a loud shriek, Pam snatched at Danny's arm, pulled it behind him, grabbed at his waist. I'll kill you. I'll really kill you, Danny screamed. He and Pam were on the floor now, wrestling, hitting each other, uttering sharp cries of pain and fury, twisting over each other. Oh! Pam groaned as she made another frantic jab for the pistol. Danny drove his fist toward Pam's jaw and missed. Pam held on. I've got it, Pam cried. Sprawled on top of Danny, she held up the pistol, then tried to toss it to Reva. But Danny reached a hand up and batted the gun away. It clattered over the floor, sliding to a stop at the foot of a display case. With a desperate cry, Pam scrambled to her feet and dove for the gun. Keep it, Danny cried breathlessly. I'm out of here. With a loud groan, he jumped up quickly and lumbered into the open elevator. Reva shut her eyes tight. She heard Danny scream all the way down. The scream ended four floors below in a sickening splat. It was a sound Reva knew she would never forget. Chapter 37 Pam slumped against the display case, the gun dangling from her hand. She raised her eyes to Reva, her face white with horror. What? what happened? The elevator on the right, Reva murmured, pointing. It wasn't fixed, I guess. The door shouldn't have opened. The elevator car was still on the first floor. Only the one on the left was fixed. Only the one on the left. She took a deep breath, heard the sound of Danny's scream repeat in her mind. The gun dropped from Pam's hand and clattered to the floor. Neither girl made any attempt to pick it up. Pam stared blankly at Reva, as if not understanding what had just happened, as if not wanting to understand or believe it. It's my fault, Pam murmured. No! Reva stepped forward to put a comforting arm around her cousin's trembling shoulders. No, Pam, you may have saved our lives. He wanted to kill us. You were brave, Pam. You really were. Pam lowered her eyes and didn't reply. The elevator on the left opened, startling them both. Four FBI agents in dark coats, their revolvers drawn, burst out, their faces tense and alert. Are you okay? One of them asked Reva. 
Define okay, Riva replied. Pam snickered and squeezed Riva's hand. Same old Riva, she said. In a short while, the agents returned with Press and Diane in handcuffs. Press received the news about Danny in silent horror. He flinched, his entire body jolting as if hit by an electric current, but he didn't utter a sound. No happy ending, Diane muttered bitterly, as she and Press were taken away. The man in the blue sunglasses introduced himself as Agent Barkley. We have to get you both to a hospital, he said solemnly. We'll radio for your parents to meet you there. A few minutes later, Reva and Pam sat in the back of the large gray FBI car as Agent Barkley drove to Shadyside General. I just don't understand how you knew where to find us, Reva said. Agent Barkley turned to flash her a modest smile. Some of it was modern technology. Some of it was luck, he replied. Huh? Come on, tell me, Reva insisted. Your phone in the house has a number revealer on it, Barkley explained. You know, the readout that identifies the phone number of a person calling. Yeah, we got it from the phone company a few months ago, Reva said. Well, the agent continued, when the kidnapper phoned your father to ask for the ransom money, the phone number of the store flashed on. So we knew right away that they were holding you at the department store. But it's a big store, Reva said. We could have been anywhere in it. That's where the luck part came in, Barkley replied. The other agents and I came in through the back of the store. We had no idea where they were keeping you. We split up and started to search. And then I saw the employee elevator start to move. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. I watched it stop on five. I knew that had to be it. He turned into the hospital lot entrance and headed the car toward the emergency room. We're the elevator to five, and there you were, he said. Sometimes we get lucky. Reva groaned from a stab of pain in her shoulder. Yeah, this is my lucky day, she said, rolling her eyes. The car stopped. The agent jumped out to help the girls out of the back. Reva's dad and Pam's parents were waiting by the emergency room door. They came running eagerly, hugs and tears. And then another car pulled up, its headlights sweeping over all of them. Victor came running out leaving the car door open and the engine running. At first, Reva thought he was rushing to greet her, but when he ran to Pam, grabbing her in his arms, sweeping her up in an emotional hug, Reva found herself feeling relieved. A happy ending for all, she thought with a sigh. She followed everyone into the hospital. Stepping into the bright glare of the waiting room, Reva stopped. What was that song? That song on the speaker above the reception desk. It was Silent Night. Silent Night. Of course. This has been a Nightfall Audiobooks production of Silent Night 2 by R.L. Stein, A Fear Street Super Chiller, Book 5. This is Chris with Nightfall Audiobooks. Thank you very much for joining me for my production of Silent Night 2. The Silent Night series is awesome because it gives you a good look at the motivations behind the antagonists and the protagonists, and this book does not disappoint. It's really fun seeing Press and Diane put together their plan to kidnap Reva, and it keeps on falling short every single time. They finally bring Press's brother Danny in to help out, and he goes from being a simple driver at first to breaking Reva's arm, and then he is like so much worse than Press and Diane. And how about that death? How about the foreshadowing of that way in the beginning of the book? where Reva goes to take the elevator down to the first floor, and her dad goes and catches up to her, and he's like, hey, you can't use that elevator, it's out of service, they're always broken, I'm so fed up with these guys, and this elevator being broken, 
And she's like, oh, thanks. At the end of the book, Danny goes and pushes the button to call the elevator. Here it calls the wrong elevator. And the door is open, but the car never arrived. So trying to get away from the FBI and stuff, he just jumps into the elevator and falls four stories to his death. That is a horrible, horrible way to go. It's not that he didn't deserve it or anything. The guy's a kidnapper, but man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go that way. It's hard to figure out who to root for in this book. Are you rooting for Pam? Because Pam's the good guy until... Because you can relate to Pam in Silent Night 1 and Silent Night 2. I mean, Reva tries to steal her boyfriend in this novel. And that's, that's despicable. Reva just needs to get, like, a reality check. And she had a reality check in the first book. And then in this book, she had another one. But it didn't do any good because she's still a miserable piece of crap. I don't understand. I don't understand her motivation. Why she wants to keep on hurting Pam. She even asks herself. She goes, why do I always pick on Pam? She can't figure it out. She doesn't know. She just does it. Anyway, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Thank you again for listening. I have been wanting to do this book since I started up this podcast. I always wanted this book to be 2023's Christmas book. And now it is. I would expect Silent Night 3 for Christmas 2024. Again, thank you very much for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, you can write me an email, nightfallaudiobooks at gmail.com. I'm on YouTube at Nightfall Audiobooks. Feel free to like and subscribe, comment. I love reading your comments. Tell me whatever you're thinking. I love reading it. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell whoever you think would like to listen to me. Read to them Fear Street novels. So thank you very much for listening, and I will see you next time.